video games Ooh. are for nerds. Aww. But that doesn't mean we can't talk about them. That's why you're listening to The Week in Gaming, the only gaming podcast that breaks down the last seven days and tears games apart from the inside. Ugh. So forget your worries, open your ears, and join Simon Miller and a co-host for the entertainment chatter you need. Also, screw Dark Souls. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Gaming Show, formerly the week of gaming. My name is Simon Miller, and that's right, we did one last week, and we're doing another one this week. And if you didn't check out the last one uh, last week, and people keep going, Simon, where's the show? I just stopped doing it for a while, because games were like, I don't know, I just wasn't very inspired. And I thought, I'll wait until the PlayStation does their, their big reveal, which got delayed for correct reasons. But last night, they smashed it out. So I thought we'd do another one. Again, don't forget, you can come on the show if you want, patreon.com forward slash SimonMiller316. Full transparency, full honesty. My guest today has not done that because he's a cheap son of a bitch. No, joking, joking. <laughs> uh, for those that know, it's my man, my, my long-term man, though. It's, uh, it's my friend, Brett Phipps. And if you don't know, he is a guy that I used to work on back in my video game days at videogamer.com in like 2015-ish, around then. And we're still buddies today. And I was like, who better to talk about the PlayStation 5 reveal than my man, Brett? Brett, how you doing? I'm very good. Well, I was better before you introed me as, as a cheap son of a bitch, but now, no, I'm all right. It's going well. I'm just being um, honest. I, it's just transparency. Always I mean, transparency. Yeah, yeah, nothing you said wasn't true, except that <laughs> when we used to work together a video game, you forgot you used to run shoots on me all the time and beat the shit That's out true. of me. I did used to beat Brett up. And also, the irony being is that no one is cheaper than me. So, it's like... <laughs> so, it, so what you're saying exactly is you're like the yardstick. So for you to say that to me, it has to be true. Yes, that's a real big insult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I don't mean that. Yeah, like I said, we used to work at Video Gamer. We, I did used to. I mean, you can still find them on the internet if you just search for video gamer stuff. You can see Brett taking some some pretty brutal spears and choke slams. That now, actually, I think about it, I kind of like that's not the best idea in the world. <laughs> kind yeah, of so dangerous. You can find the one. So you can find the moment where I need to get a concussion as well. There is one. <laughs> I remember with the spear too. I remember I really landed badly on my neck. And I was <laughs> oh, yeah. like, I remember thinking, oh shit! I genuinely thought I was. Uh, I genuinely thought I was hurt, but luckily it was just I, I just tweaked it or something. You, yeah, you so... think we would? You think we would have stopped then? But we didn't. We kept on going. No, peep behind the curtain on that one. What we did, so the camera was like up to our waist, <laughs> and we put, we had a sofa in the room, and we put it like say a, a couple of feet behind me, and thought, right, he'll just he'll knock me back, we'll land on the sofa cushion, and it will be fine. And then in Simon's head, he saw thousands in the audience <laughs> and beamed me about ten feet past the cushion, and I didn't know I had a bump. I still don't. He does, and my neck just snapped um... back. He's he's gone. He's gone past me. Luckily, the window was shut. Otherwise, he'd have gone out that and all. So yeah. we were both just laying there for ages. Everyone went, you're all right. And obviously not. But you had to carry on to yeah. do the rest of the shoot. This is all true. Depressingly all true. But, you know, good times. Happy times. Fun <laughs> times. Good memories. <laughs> and times. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. And leading on from there, yeah, like, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those crazy life situations. You know, meet to, meet to in video games and then... Yeah, five years, whatever the hell it is later, just chatting over WhatsApp about the PlayStation 5 reveal. And we're like, let's just talk, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it on a podcast. Um, give me the, what's your overall impression so far? Because I actually think, aside from the crazies, it's been quite well balanced on a, 
I'm not talking about Twitter. I'm talking about on a more community, on a more community basis. I think a lot of people have said, appreciate the fact there was a lot of diversity and variety in the games, you know, obviously aimed at different demographics and different audiences, but probably still waiting for that big, oh my gosh moment. I think that's kind of fair. Yeah, and I think it was really well paced as well. And I, I, you can tell that because Xbox got a lot of flack for, you know, they didn't show any gameplay and all that, there were moments where they showed a trailer and you kind of thought, none of this is gameplay. Yeah. The developer came on, talked about the game, and then showed the in-game stuff. Like you saw it with Gran Turismo. It was a beautiful trailer. And then it, there was a pause. Uh, Yamauchi came on, talked about the game a bit more. And then we saw a beautiful driving segment. And they did that quite a bit with Ratchet and Clank. They did the same thing. Um, there was quite a lot of times when they did that. And I kind of like the pacing of it as well. There's a nice mix of first party studio, third party. There was a lot to get excited about. Um, it was just one of those where I'm, I'm really interested in how, because of the current situation, a lot of these digital events are going to go, you know, because normally you would have it. So say like E3 was meant to be going on right now. Right. And a lot mm. of these third party developers would have been huge presence. Uh, announcing their games at separate shows and all that, but that's not happening now. So where are these third parties going to go? So like Capcom was at this one, Square was at this one, um, announcing huge stuff. So I, I think it was a really good, uh, insight in terms of what we're going to get, but it's hard, yeah. uh, to understand where everything's going to line up and you sort of got to pick your allegiances, right? Not in terms of like, oh, Xbox or PlayStation, but <laughs> where these, <laughs> where these third parties are going to decide to show their games off. Yeah, and totally. And that's why when we started off with Grand Theft Auto 5, I was like, we're not, I, I didn't think it was a tease at all because Rockstar don't announce things on other people's showcases. They have their own announcement because that's just what they've always done. They feel mm. like their games almost, uh, you know, transcend normal reveals. And, and it didn't surprise me that you start with GTA 5 because Sony, that relationship between Sony and Rockstar has been going on for years now. And, you know, even if they said, look, just give us a little bit of a push and then we do have some new stuff, we'll go with you. It's worth it because that will break the internet. Um, I, I totally agree with you, though. I like the fact that we actually saw some gameplay because I remember in those first few trailers, exactly like you said, I was like, oh, man, it's going to be another one of these. And without wanting to sound like an old cynical man, I'm just bored of it. I'm just bored of uh, cinematic trailers. I don't get anything from them anymore. It don't have to be like movies. I want to, you know, what's this game going to play like? How am I going to experience it? When it's just a, you know, a, a souped up cutscene. Like, yeah, that's nice and all, but it doesn't tell me what this game is going to do, which is why, like, Gran Turismo 7 is not my thing at all. It never was. I tried to play it back on the PS2, and I was like, yeah, whatever. But I like the fact they actually sat the guy in the car and said, there you go, here I am, driving it. And you can be a little bit, um, yeah, again, cynical and say maybe they tweaked it and stuff, but I don't think so. I think there's a lot of power in these consoles. And I still stand by the fact, even though a lot of these games looked amazing visually, we are from a spoiled generation that went from standard def to high def and nothing is ever going to beat that change because it mm. was so, so, so huge. So I'm sure when we actually have this stuff in our living room, we'll be like, holy shit, like, you know, the, the depth of field. But it's difficult, especially on a compressed YouTube video. It's yeah. so hard to actually actually take away from it. But with that said, and counteracting my point entirely, when we got to stuff like Resi 8 or Resident Evil Village, whatever the hell we're calling it. Oh, my God. Honestly, I mean, I can never play it. Too scary. Even that trailer, I was freaking out. But my word, did it looked ridiculous. And you actually look at the character models. I mm. was like, if this is actually how the game plays, again, cannot play it because it's going to absolutely scare the the oh, just the crap out of me. Unbelievable. Yeah, I I can't talk about Resi Eight yet. I was I'll go on a massive like thirty minute love affair, <laughs> but because I love that series so much, but. 
that I, I also think that that re engine that they put in for seven is one of the best engines going at the minute but i agree yeah the whole thing and just going back to gta quickly i haven't played it in ages i never really got on with the online stuff because it's just too much for me. is a million dollars a month a lot of money it's a lot of money in real world but like the you know, thing know, where but... they, they're getting a yeah. million dollars a month until it comes out like there's all those cute little things that they do to try and keep people in the game i find it really weird as well that like gta just keeps going as a juggernaut and then red dead no one really talks about for the online stuff in terms of keeping people in um so it's just one of those and then like you say when it comes to seeing gameplay the hard thing as well coming back to like not being able to do press conferences there was always that moment where you'd see that that footage and you go ah no one's playing it and do you remember they'd always do that fade to just some random guy sat in a chair with a controller in his hand you go ah it is gameplay they can't do that anymore because the guy yeah. can't do it. Like he's just sat indoors in his house. They can't have that moment anymore. So you just have to believe. Yeah, but, so, you do, but I also think that's kind of good because I don't think – you saw what happened at the Xbox reveal, right? You can't you can't muck around with your audience too much anymore. I mean, look at something like um, Watch Dogs. You remember the downgrade and everyone went nuts. You mm. are You are – Oh man, you are walking a dangerous tightrope if you're going to try and pretend your game looks like something that it doesn't. Because as yeah. soon as it comes out, people will be so mad. And you can wreck your game. It wrecked Watch Dogs, which is quite an exciting series. I think it absolutely destroyed it because that initial uh, backlash to it was so was so severe. I really, I really, really do. So I'm hoping that, yeah, everything we saw actually lives up to expectations. Otherwise, you are just going to annoy people. There is no point. The gaming community is too loud and it's too angry. <laughs> and it will absolutely rip you apart. But uh, no, I agree with you with that Resident Evil um, engine thing. Like, I somehow got through seven. How? Well, I tell because I had people in the room with me. That's how. When I didn't want to play it anymore, they got the controller. And I honestly imagine. Don't forget. I mean, you said you're a massive fan of the series, but there was a few years there when it was just an absolute mess. Do you know what I mean? No one oh, cared yeah. about it. It, it. It couldn't. It couldn't figure out what it wanted to be. And then, really, the the birth and death of PT. You know, they just took these ideas and they massively were inspired by that. And hmm. I just, especially with all the remake stuff, like the, the, you know, one, two and three less or so, but it's still decent. They've just got this stuff right back on track. I mean, they, re- yeah. I, I haven't heard one person go Resident Evil 8 Village look crap because it didn't. No, no. And I think, I think that's the hard thing as well. It's because they had so much there on this conference. There was no time to talk about the, the vision, like say, how things play, which you used to get at conferences, right? There was, there was yeah. able to have the developers say, oh, it's going to do this. And like I said, because the problem is there was so much talk about this new controller. It's got, uh, it massages your hands while you play or where it's got the, the haptic feedback and triggers. We don't actually know how any of that works in any of these games right now. So they That's are literally worse. just, yeah. And it's just new graphics with games that look like how you play games right now, right? So, um, I can't remember the name of, um, the guy who used to run Gorilla and is now sort of, one of the heads at Sony uh, entirely. He talks about how it's going to revolutionise gaming. I think for now they just they just got to let the games be what they are. And until you can talk about genuine innovation in terms of how we play games, just let it be. You know, it is a shiny new console where things do look a lot better. And just be that for now, and just show me cool games because that's that's what they're going to be to get it out mm. the gate. What did you think about the actual look of the console? We probably should have started. Oh. Here. I mean, uh. I, don't, I I don't care. Like, because what will happen is in two months, you'll just have accepted it for what it is. You just will. That's what happens. Like, I, oh, again, of course. I said this on my video I did yesterday, but I'm looking at my PS4 right now. It looks like some kind of pancake that's gone wrong. Like, it's just yeah. this weird, like, what is it? And the Xbox One's not exactly the nicest thing ever. So I just don't care what it looks like. I don't think it's the nicest console I've ever seen, but I don't really care at the same time. Although I accept all the jokes. I'm enjoying all the jokes of it. 
yeah, that's what I would, I do find it interesting with the PS4 generation where every time they iterated on it, they just added or took away a layer. <laughs> yeah, they did, yeah. PS4 Pro, they added another layer on. PS4 Slim <laughs> took one off. So it was like they couldn't decide what they wanted it to do. But no, I think that the memes are hilarious. I, I did say to you that it did look like a, a tower in central London or something when it first yeah, it, re- but, it really does. It does. Yeah. It does like the Shard 2. Yeah, exactly. But like you say, there's obviously reasons why it looks the way it does in terms of you don't know what's going on with the cooling system or anything like that inside it. But like you say, it just, it's something that's going to sit in your entertainment system and you're going to forget about it. So I, one thing I will say is I'm very, very glad that this year, or should I say this console generation, the two consoles that you get to choose from do not look like every other console we've seen before. Yeah, it's true. And you is, have yeah. something different. So I don't mind. Even if it's not to my taste, that doesn't matter. The fact is they are doing something different, which is what you can't, you can't blame them for doing that. You know, the PS5 looks like something you've never seen before. The Xbox One, sorry, Xbox Series X looks very different. You know, it looks like a, a massive cube entertainment unit. The, <laughs> the one, yeah. And what I, I was surprised by was that they announced the discless PS5 alongside the one with the disc. And there's rumors that uh, Microsoft's going to do the same thing as well. We still haven't heard anything about that Series S that they're talking about, but I think that was big as well. Oh, yeah. I, got... Like, I I opened the <laughs> the Pandora's box on this one oh, because... No. Well, yeah, because, like, I, like, I've said it before. I said it during the Xbox One and got dragged through the coals even worse. I like the idea of a discless system, especially if it's a lot cheaper. I think that's an awesome mm. option to offer because I understand why people love physical media and I understand why people get worried about what happens to game retailers and how it means if we're just doing digital games, people can just be ripped off. I get all of that. I truly do. But I mm. do not think that you can sit on your laurels and not evolve with the world we're currently in based on worries like that. You know, that's up for the fan base and the community to make sure they stay vocal to ensure that we do get to a place where you have a Netflix for games or whatever word you, you want to call it. I know we've got Games Pass and EA Access and all of that, but it's still not it's not exactly where I want it to be uh, it to be just yet. And these are the right steps to take in order to get there. It doesn't mean, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't mean I want, um, you know, physical media to just be killed. But I think dipping your toe in the water now, it has to be done, especially if. I mean, let's say the console does cost $600, which will be another conversation for another time. But mm. maybe you will be more invested if you get 100 bucks off the digital one. And maybe you don't. We don't know. I'm completely speculating. But mm. to me, that is a smart business and design decision to make in 2020. Because, again, I personally would prefer that. I, I try and download my games as much as possible already. No, 100%. And like, like you say, the people who complain about and I'm, I'm generalizing here massively. I just need to caveat that the people who complain about a discless console probably do have Netflix subscriptions or at least a subscription to some sort of digital service like a Netflix or an Amazon prime or something like that. So you can't have it all your own way. And I said this to you, yes, I think the biggest thing that Sony could do. And again, if Microsoft do the same thing with a discless console is sell that one for sig- not just a bit cheaper, but significantly cheaper than the disc based version, right? Because every console that is or the vast majority of consoles that have ever been produced are loss leaders in that they are manufactured for a certain price and then the the console manufacturer sells it for less than what it costs to make it so they hope they make money on the back end by selling games on it over the course of several years so eventually they make that money back but the problem with selling disc-based games is there's a lot more people taking slices of the profit you've got not only the game developer if it's third party you've got the production company making the discs the manufacturers, and then you've got the game retailer. Whereas if you are selling digital only, obviously the only person 
making that profit, if it's first party as well, is yourselves. And if you've got the developer themselves who's a third party, they take a slice. But then you look at someone like Steam, who I can't remember what the exact figure is, but I think it's like they take 40% or 50% of the profits on any product. Yeah. So whatever PSN's taking the slice of that, it's huge. So if, like I say, if it is £600 for the disc-based version, which we don't know, and then they would say the discus version is 300 they take a massive loss up front. But then how quickly would they make that back on digital purchases only in the long term than ones with a disc? It would be huge. And like I say, it transitions the audience over to digital mediums where they own the market space compared mm-hmm. to having to do with retailers. The trouble they would have, obviously, is getting any retailer to sell that that unit compared to one with a disc where they know that they can continue selling yeah. products in the long term. Yeah, because you're, you're actively trying to put them out of business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and look, as we're talking about it, and I do want to focus on the other games, but I think it's an important uh, you know, matter to touch on. Yes, PlayStation Store, PSN, uh, Xbox Live absolutely need to stop charging 50 quid for games that came out five, six years ago. Of course they do. Mm. But I think the only way we're going to get there is when that model becomes more of a default. And you can call me um, naive. I can, I would accept that as an argument as well. Like, well, why would they do that? Their businesses. And I think it's because eventually they'd be pushed into a place where they had to. You can't change the market and expect everyone all of a sudden to be playing like 50 quid for games that came out in 2014. I think there would be enough of a backlash to that that they would have to shift around. I think they also need to improve their refund policies as well, like the way that Oculus does it yeah, on their yeah. storefront. That encourages people to feel more comfortable making a purchase. There, like I think Oculus on their storefront accepts any refund within two weeks, even if you and you can play the game up to two hours. So that literally is, even if you don't like the game, you can return it. So there's a lot more comfort in experimenting with your purchases, like in the mm. same way that I remember um, game used it, where you could play a game and return it no questions asked within a month. So you could buy one game and. You don't want to get quite to that far, but you do want to allow it so that people can at least play games, especially when games don't have demos as much anymore and that. So you do need to create an ecosystem that encourages people to spend and know that they're not going to regret their decision or anything, because that's the point of physical, right? You can trade in if you don't like it. So you do need to have a better system in there. And like you say, more frequent sales like Steam, uh, more varied price points so that people can spend not just 50 quid, but there's more 20 pound, 10, 15 pound games in there. And like you say, selling it above market, not above market value, because that's not the right way of phrasing, but above what they're selling at retail is another huge barrier. Yeah, no, I think, and I think it's uh, it's going to be a learning curve all around, but it's certainly a direction I want to head in. I do. I like as soon as I as soon as I saw it and I kind of had to I was, I was quite away from my computer at the time. At first, I thought it said deluxe edition. Like, what the hell is that? Then it said discless edition. I was like, now we're talking. Mm. And, uh, and and look, I know that we've come a long way because when the Xbox One did it, we melted down as a, as a society to the point that Microsoft had to backtrack. And I don't see anybody making that much noise about it now. Uh, what other games did you uh, sort of stood out? I mean, we'll try and go through as many as we can. But did you have any that, um, you know, when all was said and done, you were like, man, you mentioned Resident Evil, but I got I to gotta get on that one as well. Yeah, totally. I think, see, I'm just going to bring up the list now. But there was one game, I need to remember it. Now. Oh, that was it. It was that Kenner, Bridge of Spirits, the game that was done by that small independent studio. I cannot remember their name, so apologies for not giving them the shout out. But it reminded me a lot of like Zelda. Ember Lab. Made... Ember Lab, thank you. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of like a Zelda game made by Disney. It had a beautiful mm. look to it. It looked really, really cool. And like the, the world looked dense. It looked really like fluid. The combat looked good. And again, it was one of those where... They presented the game, it had a nice cinematic trailer, but then jumped straight into what looked like, at least, gameplay. And that looked really, really cool. So and that something, took me straight away. 
Yeah, something I thought afterwards as well. I was like, oh, here they come with the you know the usual Zelda clone. But actually, I mean, we don't know how it plays. You know, we we didn't get enough from that from that trailer. But mm. because Breath in the Wild has gone in such a specific direction, you know, mm. survival mechanics, more open world, basically moving away from the tropes that made Zelda Zelda, which was absolutely the right thing to do given how long the franchise has been around. If something like this could come along and maybe jump back onto those things that I personally miss as a massive Zelda fan. I'd actually be all right with it. I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Like, I have no problem with games borrowing from other games. I've always said this. It's it's often looked down upon. I'm like, no, if a good idea is a good idea, nick it. Like, why yeah, why yeah, exactly. wouldn't you nick it? It's and always if- it's always nice seeing other people try and do the thing they love and and yeah. see what they take from it and then do go in a different direction. Yeah, and if they can, you know, offer that experience to me, which are quite clear, you know, Breath of the Wild two's on the way. That is not going to go back, because why should it? I think the Breath of the Wild sold more than most Zelda games put together. Then actually, straight away, you go, okay, cool, that's interesting. And it did like a Pixar movie, too. Mm. And given how much emphasis Sony are putting on about the power of this thing, if you actually get some kind of you know interactive Pixar game that I can play, I will probably play it just for that, just to be like, holy crap, Like, how is yeah. this How is this even a thing? Yeah, so I, I agree with you. I think it's... Um, it, it 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 was one of the more interesting games. You know, I, I think the first half of the conference had me a bit like, ugh. Because again, Gran Turismo 7, great game. I've played it, not interested. Ratchet and Clank, just not my thing. Never has mm. been. Um, And that's good. I'm great. I think it's great that it's coming out because people love Ratchet and Clank, uh, but not really something that I'm going to, I'm going to throw myself into. Um, yeah. that re- and that, that Returnal game too, it's a new franchise from Sony. And, and you mentioned it, you know, by the... um. Housemark, yeah, yeah, housemark people. I actually think it will be really, really good, but it it doesn't it doesn't jump out at you like, oh my gosh, w- you know what what's going on? It's like I'm in space and I'm dead. It's like this yeah, is the, the, the definite thing. Yeah, it's the most video game thing ever. However, I bet when you play it, like, oh my gosh, this is the most badass thing ever. Mm. And then it, it's when you got to Kenya uh, from that point onwards. I was like, okay, this is cool. Um, where do you want to go next? I'll let you pick. Which other games? Do you know, I was literally about to ask you the same thing, because I know, and I'm going to mention this one, because I know it caught your eye, and I actually named it just then by mistake, is Deathloop. Yeah, no, I, I, like Deathloop to me, here's the thing with Deathloop. Did it look like the club, as we talked about last night? Yes. Does it look like wet? Yes. Which doesn't surprise me, because Bethesda's involved in it. And, mm. you know, does it, does it look like Dishonored? Yes. In fact, a big part of me, because it's arcane, a big part of me think they just went like, Dishonored didn't sell very well. Let's repackage it with a much cooler name, which Deathloop. It's a much cooler name <laughs> and try and put it out there. But I watched the trailer a couple of times. I think it could be quite fun. It's assassins. Yeah. There's an ongoing duel. It's kind of cowboyish. I like it. You know, it's grown on me over the last 24 hours. Yeah. At first I was put off by it because I thought it was like a multiplayer only thing where everyone's trying to do the same yeah. thing. But now yeah. I like it a lot more thinking that you're in control of re-strategizing every time you get it wrong. And I love yeah. games like that where yeah, same thing with like Hitman and things like where you get something wrong, you can go back and rethink what you're doing and you sort of, it's like you get a playground, right? And you just think, okay, I, I screwed up here. The person did this. You got outsmarted. Let me go again with the same structures in place. I really like yeah. the idea of that sort of game. It becomes like a puzzle game as well, doesn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. You know, can, can you figure, can you figure this out? So no, yeah, that, that there's definitely something to it. And I think it looks cool. I think it looks cool too. You just mentioned something. I was like, oh yeah, you mentioned Hitman. Let's just talk about Hitman three. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Hitman three, is I know it's great because I played Hitman and Hitman 2 in this brand new trilogy that they've created and they haven't put a foot wrong. And I honestly believe this. If you are into sandbox games that just put you down 
in a you know in a spot in an environment and say go and do this and there's barely any red tape or anything stopping you i don't think there's much better games than what io's done over the last few years and if all of a sudden you've got all this new power think how big some of these maps can be now i don't buy into this idea that maps just keep getting bigger and bigger in fact open worlds are probably too expensive to a certain point you know look at ghost recon wildlands that was ridiculous but I think IO know, I think they know their limitations and they know where the, where the bar should be. That to me, and there were other ones that we've talked upon, but in terms of watching it, that was one of the first ones where I was like, all right, here we go. I really got excited for it. I was like, that's the kind of thing that I would absolutely throw myself into. Yeah. And I think that you're right in terms of, I hope they don't go bigger. They just go more dense and not only just put in a load more bodies in a room. It's a case of more people doing different things. So like right now, you know, when you've got a room, there's someone over here who you can perhaps like if there's someone serving, I don't know, a, a cake shop where you can take their identity. There's a postman. There's the target. There's a load of people doing different behaviors because you like it's, take Splinter Cell as another example. There's like three people in any environment doing the same walk, walk back, walk, walk back, and you work out their pattern. I think adding unpredictability to their behaviors or at least rather than having two behaviors, they can add five or six to each person. I think that'd be the way more interesting thing, like you say, in terms of the variety of what you can do. I don't care if the rooms are the exact same size, but if they're filled with way more different types of people with different patterns of movement, that's the more interesting thing for me. And I hope because oh, yeah. IO is so smart, they're more likely to go down that route than go, oh, remember that villa that you was doing in uh, hunting down in, in Vietman 2? It's now 10 times bigger. It's like, no, 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 that's not what I want. I want a denser, more interactive, more exciting, small room than as is what you did before. Dude, spot on. Absolutely spot on. And I, I completely trust them. And I'm glad they're still making games. Because let's not forget, at one point, it looked like that franchise was dead. Yeah, of course. Like yeah. They had been killed. And then, was it Warner Brothers that sold them? Or did Warner Brothers get rid of them? I can't remember now. No, it's Square uh, yeah. Enix, wasn't it? Square Enix got rid of them. And then Warner Brothers picked them up. So Yeah. yeah and then no. the other one that sort of, again, they didn't have to show a lot. All they had to show was the the name of the game and who's handling it was Demon Souls being done by Bluepoint. That was enough for me. Because Bluepoint remaking anything, and then you're like, again, same thing that you just said with Hitman. is like, completely trust them, know they're going to handle it well. Um, and Demon's Souls. The weird thing about Demon's Souls, right, is because it was like the, the birth of the Soul series and that entire genre. I remember picking that game back up. It must have been way back in, like, 2003. I can't remember when it came out, to be honest. Like, probably way too early for when it came out, 2011 or something. And um, I read nothing about it. It's just I, on the back of the game or on the front, it had GameSpot's game of the year on it i thought okay that's enough for me i'll grab it and then playing it you really have to read about what that game is before you go in because i thought I'm, I'm just rubbish at this game i don't get it it's killing me every time i'm just dying so i gave it away to someone and then a few years later i picked it back up i thought oh okay now i get it so like like you and i have done in the past like you say we did video gaming videos on it and all that once it sinks its teeth into you it's massive and the fact that they're going to redo that and from the looks of things Known it will be, you know, running on PS5 in terms of redoing the graphics and the engine and all that. So I'm hoping they put some of the, the gameplay innovations that we've seen in later series. And then that's going to be absolutely huge. I don't imagine that will be out for quite some time. But whenever it does, that's the one that I probably think I'll be ready to jump into PS5 for. Do you think it would piss some people off if they did that? Do you think some people are just going to want that core experience from 10 years ago, whenever the hell it was remade verbatim? Or do you think they're going to want the upgrades and the updates and all of that? I think it's that classic example. People think they want that until they get it. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah. No, this, is, this is crap. Why yeah, is this broken. so old? Yeah. yeah. Like, there's a lot of things in there that, like, um, the Estes Flask system, 
the bonfires, there might be some things that they will change or tweak, but not to any noticeable difference. It will feel mm. more like the more modern ones, but not to the point of undoing all the work that Demon Souls did in the first place. They can't, yeah. it's, it's impossible virtually to please everyone or find that middle ground, but if anyone can do it, it will be blue point in the same way that they've, you know, when they've redone things like Shadow of the Colossus or any of those things, they made slight um, tweaks in that because the, if anyone played Shadow of the Colossus or Eco or anything like that now, you think your hands are broken because of the way you have to hold the controller or anything. So <laughs> it could even be remapping the controller. And I think Blue Point still does that thing where it's like, if you want to play it the old broken way, be our guest. We'll include the original layout, but we think this way is better. So they could do that as well. Yeah, no, they could. And just for the record, I have no interest in playing Demon Souls whatsoever. <laughs> uh, anyone that anyone that knows me will know why. Again, I made I made this comment on the video I did yesterday, and everybody just jumped down my throat because a lot of people don't know about my relationship with those games. <clears throat> and I'll just say now, I don't care if you like it or not. If you do like it, that's awesome. I'm not trying to take away your love for <laughs> for this uh, for this game. It, like, it's just not my thing. I tried and I tried and I tried. And it was, um, it was just too much. It's, it's too, it's too much for me. It, it made me sad. I'm kind of intrigued about Ghostwire Tokyo. Literally watched... just about to talk about that. Yep. Yeah. It was because it's by Tango Gameworks. And earlier we were talking about games that do things differently and, and, and change things up. And, you know, the world is all twisted and weird and it's first person and strange. I just think, you know, if, if you go on the, uh, the history of that gaming studio, they only make bizarre games. Yeah. Not bizarre games, but they, they, they don't, they, they don't really follow any kind of a, a, a trend. So you'd have to imagine that they've come up with something, you know, there's something different. Obviously, I, I know, you know, Tango obviously have mainly done the evil within, but I'm talking about Shinji Mikami and yeah, you know, his, 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 his history as opposed to just, um, you know, just just, just uh, the, the Tango game works. But I am mad. And the Evil Within was pretty good. It didn't really grab me like I thought it was going to, but it was certainly it was certainly a cool idea. And I've liked most of the other stuff that, he, you know, he's kind of worked on. So I, that's definitely one I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah, even Aladdin. Really like that version. Yeah. The, the weird thing about that game was I thought it was going to be entirely different from the trailer before the gameplay started. I thought it was going to be like, um, I can't remember the the name of the series from like GameCube. You know when you uh, the little girl goes, then you've got the camera. Project Zero is it called or something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was going to be more like that. And then the first person kicked in. I thought, oh, this looks a bit like Shadow Warrior or something like that, where it's like way more action orientated. But I'm really intrigued to see what that is. And again, like you say, Mikami is another one. Those for me who can do no wrong. Um, I think he whatever he does, like you said, there will be something in that that's interesting. There's mm. there's some Killer Seven vibes in there as well, which I'm all for. I just, um, it's one of those where, depending on how it looks when it does finally come out, it can either be a really interesting thing or it can all go to hell really quickly. It can all <laughs> so fall true. apart. So true. You just don't know, do you? you, just, you no, just don't not know. at but all. I, but I, I, it's like one of those things I always talk about where I'm like, I'd rather you tried and failed than didn't try at all. No, like, exactly. It, even if we all laugh at you afterwards, I'd much rather there was companies out there you know, rewriting the rule book almost as opposed to just following the status quo. I get really bored of all games being the same. I really, really, really do. And that's why I liked it. Uh, on that note, it's a terrible segue, but I, I want to talk about it before we run out of time. Well, I don't mean looking the same, but to me, it looks too similar to the original to actually get me massively interested is Horizon Forbidden West. Now, graphics wise, flipping Nora. That yeah. is an incredibly, incredibly, uh, you know, attractive or beautiful, whatever flipping term you want to use game. Um, but 
And look, I liked I, I liked Horizon for around about three hours. And then I was just like, I kind of feel like I'm done. And I know people mm. absolutely went crazy for it and, and more power to you. But that's just what I mean. It was like, okay, it's a sequel, uh, you know, almost um, to, to, a, to a fault. But that's what, you know, that's what the audience wants. And, and they should have made it. Um, they, should, they should have done it that way. In a weird, this is a bizarre thing to say, but I did like it. I like that it's not called Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I think actually changing the subtitle, I don't know why I like that, but I did. But I don't no, think same. I'll play it, but I think it looked cool. Yeah, so full disclaimer, I reviewed um, the original Horizon a previous in a previous life, and I really, really enjoyed it. And I think for a game like this, where you, you've like I say, you've played the original one, and everything that is going to happen in a trailer you've seen before, I think this is going to need a sort of one of those PlayStation state of plays where you do a thirty-minute deep dive into new mechanics in order to see what is truly different, because you're going to see the the robot monsters, you're going to see. Uh, Allo- is it Alloy? Alloy? I can't remember. Alloy, I think her name is. I think yeah, it's named up. Yeah, I think it's Alloy, yeah. Yeah, with the, the bow and arrow, you're going to see all that stuff. So they're not going to, the things that are going to be different are not going to be game changing in this. Oh, that's a really bad expression. Like just a minor new equipment, new weapons, maybe new environments to show that off in a, a 15, 30 second trailer is kind of hard. So I think you're going to need to see like a gameplay deep dive before you really appreciate what's going to be different in this one. So I'm holding my judgment on that for a, a little bit oh, longer. Yeah. Oh no, of course, of course. I don't. I, I don't think it's going to be bad. I just some games I just know that I won't get round to playing, and that's just yeah. one of them. Because just because there'll be other stuff that happens, I go. I'd rather spend, you know, I'd rather I'd rather spend my money uh, spend my money on that. Uh, there was NBA 2K, um, you know, the, for next year or this year potentially, I suppose. I mean, it looked it looked good, but what can you take from that, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, it, guys sweating. It was. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I, I can't do much with that, but I do like those games. I know they've got a massive problem with microtransactions, but I mean, have you got anything? Do you want to say anything about it? I'm no, I mean, like like you mentioned with um, GT7 and the NBA games, they're frequently the best-looking games on any console, so they're always going to feature in a uh, a new console reveal just to show off those details. But absolutely, I just yeah. I just don't know why they showed a sweaty man rather than a a stadium or something <laughs> like an arena basketball yeah on his own like if you want to see the and the thing is as well is you're never going to see that much you're never that close to the action to see that anyway so i'd rather just see so you true. know 10 guys on a court throwing throwing one shot and then cut because i'm never going to be like in his eyes looking at him when he takes a shot no in your photo it, mode it's true and also sport games always kind of do that but it, it's really how they play as opposed yeah. to anything else like it doesn't you you could give me a game that looked like NBA Jam, but if I play the best game of basketball I've ever played in my life, I don't. I almost forget about you know the the presentation of sports because the thing is they're so desperate to replicate what sports look like. It's never mm. going to look as good like it looks on television because it's real life. So yeah. you know yeah. it's like with FIFA, they zoom into these character models. Like, dude, I play with the camera as far pulled back as I possibly can. Yeah, I want to see both goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty <exactly>. much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it doesn't matter what you do. Like those old SNES games from the top down. That's what I'm seeing. Damn so right. Don't worry. Iso- isometric bullshit. That's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the new name of FIFA. They've rebranded. We, we should talk about that weird cat game. Stray, was it called? Stray, yeah, where, stray, stray, yeah. Where all the humans are dead and now, and now cats are running I, wild. I could not believe that that trailer, and again, I don't know, I'm not going to comment on what the game could, how good it could be, but for everything I saw in that world, I could not believe it was about the cat. <laughs> there are homeless robots in that game. And I'm like, why are they homeless? They're robots. There's 
there's robots doing chores. There were, you know, there was a robot couple on the street with a blanket over them. Can they feel temperature? I had so many questions. And then it ended on the cat and it was called Stray. And I thought, why, why the cat? So I thought, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah. It's such and it a, had a funny trailer. <laughs> it's such a funny trailer too. Cause at first there's some graffiti in the background that just says, RIP humans. I'm like, who wrote this? Was it like 13? <laughs> It's like 13 year olds making a game. Oh yeah, the cat can uh, can spray paint R.I.P. <laughs> humans. I mean, look, I don't, again, I, I don't, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. More power to whoever the hell is making this for coming up with the most bizarre concept for a game. <laughs> I could imagine. And the tagline's great too. It's like lost alone and separated from family. The stray cat must untangle an ancient mystery to escape a long forgotten cyber city and find a way home. I mean, that is prime straight to Netflix material right there. So <laughs> I, I'm quite intrigued. I'll never play it. I'm not, but I, I, well, I'll wait for the reviews. But I would I, love it if at the end, the, you know, like it says, find the way home. When it, when it does get home, there was one of those things where, do you, do you know how to get rid of a cat? What they say is the way to get rid of a cat. Where no. you rub butter, you, apparently, so I've never had a cat. I've just been told this. The way to get rid of a cat is you rub butter on its feet and then leave it. What? Because what that's that how do? they get. They get home by the scent on their paws. So if you rub butter on its feet, it can't like find its smell. So imagine if that was the end of the game. They just goes home and then they just keep putting butter on its feet, fucking it off to another robot city. So it's like one of those like death loop games. You play the same thing over and over again with oh, buttery feet. Man. If they do that, I will play it. And I'll give it the best, <laughs> the best review I've ever given it in my entire life. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. We haven't talked about Spider-Man. I guess we should, I mean, I don't know what there is to say about it, but I think we should name drop it all the same. Well, do you uh, know what it is, Spider-Man Miles Morales. Uh, it would look like an expansion to me, but I don't so know. So it is. It is. Yeah, That's I what they said. They've come out and clarified and said, apparently, so I, I don't know exactly, but they do say that the Miles Morales thing is a, it's sort of, it may be a sort of, you know, like infamous uh, first light where it's like a huge bolt on expansion yeah. that can almost be a game in its own right. But they're redoing uh, the original Spider-Man with all the PS5 upgrades. So it'd be a huge uh, uplift on that one, like a remaster with this included. But what I don't know is if that means that the Miles Morales expansion will come to PS4 or if that will be PS5 exclusive. But it is going to look better, though. It's going to take advantage. Yeah, of yeah, yeah. Like, the original Spider-Man will be uh, upgraded for all, take advantage of all the PS5 hardware. Um, and then the Miles Morales expansion will come out as well. But the problem I have with this is I literally play Spider-Man still to this day, almost every day, because my boy, he absolutely loves it. He asked me to jump in, find, you know, like when those random crimes happen. And that's what we do. We yeah. go in and we do the random crimes because the combat is so fluid and that. So I don't know if the Miles Morales thing, because all it, and I don't mean to disrespect it because it's still very good. I don't know if a Mars Rally thing where you just get new powers will be enough. You kind of want a whole new game with like mm. the whole new enemy selection. And I don't know what else you could do with it. And it's still too soon from the last one. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. And I kind of got that impression watching it too. Mm. Um, considering, I, I... sorry, considering what other games have come out like before it and could have had their sequels take the stage. The yeah. first party, like we talked about God of War, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. before it happened. So you feel like you, it, there's been enough time for that to come in. Whereas Spider-Man, I felt like, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still fresh with that. And also Spider-Man's one of those games where it's gameplay loop 
because it's one of those open world games where, you know, once you complete it, you can just keep exploring the city. And to be fair, they've just had their three DLC batches as well, which I can't remember when the last one came out, but no, that's a decent amount ago. of content. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's just because it's Spider-Man, isn't it? It's just, you're going to mm. get headlines. You're going to get on the BBC and Sky because they're like, well, that will do us good. You know, that will do us hits because people will be searching for Spider-Man. That is probably why they front-ended it, you know, because it went GTA 5 Spider-Man. And maybe that's kind of why they did it. And then you get into Gran Turismo 7, which is like a proper PS5 game. And yeah. from there, you're away to the races. But yeah, I, I don't feel the need to play it. I de- like, like you said, I definitely feel like I've had my fill from that Spider-Man game, which is great. You know, I'm mm. not going to pretend otherwise. Absolutely fantastic game. Um, and I'm not even a big Spider-Man guy, but I thought they did um, an awesome job with it. But yeah, I, I mean, we'll see. I mean, if that comes out alongside the PS5, that's a smart marketing thing to do. Yeah, Buy true. a Spider-Man game on day one. Everyone blah, 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 blah. So I, I, I'm all right with that. And mm. um, there was something else I just... Oh, yeah, I want to talk about Oddworld, Soulstorm. Um, I like Oddworld, but I'm absolutely amazed that it got into this showcase, montage, whatever you want to call it. Because to me, I don't know when the last one came out, but I, I kind of think it's a niche. And maybe that's why it's in there. Maybe it was trying to appeal to sort of the the smaller fan bases of certain games. But I was certainly surprised. And look, those games are, they're fun to play and they're really, um, they're really smartly put together. No, we uh, had but... this exact same discussion, like in the, some of the groups that I'm in when it came during the review is like, you, you can, there's a lot of people who like Oddworld, but I mentioned there's even fewer people, a lot fewer people who love Oddworld. And there's probably even more people than both of those combined who know nothing about Oddworld. Yeah. So, like, no, I, d- I don't think it garners much attachment. And I think this comes back to the issue when it comes to, you know, like, when you see Ratchet and Clank coming out the gate, when you see the old world, none of these are the mascots that both Sony and Microsoft struggle to have every console generation compared to Nintendo with the likes of Mario, Pokemon, and all those. So there's nothing for them to lead front and center in, in that sense. They haven't got that, the character plus the console put together. But... I, I don't really, I think it's one of those things, and the, I think the, the silver line I'm taking from that is perhaps it's one of those where they've both, both Sony and Microsoft have got a lot on the, that they're trying to keep behind the curtain because it's, it is genuinely really close between them two because of the situation. You kind of see where they're both edging forward without taking that big leap. We both, we still haven't got a price. We still haven't got that release date. Maybe they're, they're holding off some of their games. We still got Xbox's thing in July. So it's that nudging forward, trying to goad the other one into going big and then see what happens yeah. next. I'm kind of hoping that's what it is because they've definitely got more stuff to reveal. So it's that mix of, like you say, the big stuff with the Spider-Mans, the GT7s, and you can't just go hit after hit after hit. You need those odd worlds to complement the GT7s to make sure that it shows not every game is going to cost 50, 60 quid, right? And I'm not yeah. saying odd world will be cheaper, but there's definitely some games in there that are more indie than others. No, definitely. I mean, you look at sort of the odd world. I just looked it up. Like the last one came out in 2014, and the mm. one before that came out in 2005. So, Jeez. You know, it, it's not it's not something that's. And again, that's probably like you say. That's probably why they're doing it because they're trying to latch on to a fan base that will be excited. Oh yeah, they're, they're catering to me. But it's not something that if all of a sudden Sony turn around and go, oh, it's 600 bucks, you're gonna go, well, Odd World's coming out, so <laughs> yeah. I better I better save up that money. So yes, I'd imagine. Well, what I would do, I mean, let's say you've got a God of War two. I would go, all right, six hundred bucks. Here's God of War two trailer, because that way you're, you know, you're getting mm. inside people's heads as opposed to doing it with a lot of the, um, a lot of the games here. And look, as we mentioned, they are definitely trying to say it's a kids console too. 
And I'm yeah. not saying that adults can't play these games. Every time I say someone goes, well, I'm an adult and I play it. Yes, you're flipping aloud. But it doesn't mean <laughs> that it's not trying to cater to a certain demographic. Like Sackboy, A Big Adventure, right? Sackboy, mm. A Big Adventure could be the greatest platforming game ever. I don't know. I haven't played it. But it's obviously designed so that Sony can go, yeah, you know, we've got our, uh, we've got our sort of adult games, whichever ones you want to put in there. And the same with that Destruction All-Stars too. It looked like it was trying to appeal with bright colors and explosions to younger gamers, which is important mm. because like, when, when the hell do you have the, your best gaming memories? When you're a kid. Because yeah. of course you do. It's the same with wrestling. It's the same with football for me and sport. That's where all my best memories are because you're experiencing it for the first time. It I'd be mean... interested. So I'd be interested to see if that set boy a big adventure, like you said, the thing about, uh, being a more child-oriented game, if there's a way that they add some sort of expansion or or new build on the Little Big Planet series, where it allows people to build levels for that, in the same way that you've got Super Mario Maker. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they should do right because you mentioned about having mascots, and I guess yeah. Sony at this point see Sackboy is one of their mascots. I think. Yeah, it's the closest to it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say the least. But yeah, like it could it could be brilliant. I just thought to me it was just a way to. It's just a way to balance the, to balance out the announcements, which is fine because it came after Returnal, and also it then went Sackboy Destruction All Stars, and it went Kenya Bridge of Spirits. So don't pretend to me that's not a deliberately, hey, we're going to put three very bright, colourful, cutesy games back to back because it a hundred percent, it a hundred percent was, and that's why Ratchet and Clank got its own sort of uh, you know showing because. Ratchet and Clank has a massive following, which I completely appreciate. It's just not my kind of game. It's just not don't- like I have my. So on, Sorry, the one that did interest me out of all those, that, not the ones you make, was that Bug Snacks. That looks bizarre. What the, f- what the flip was, it was like? Some, it, was like <laughs> it was like Viva Pinata on crack. Yeah, what the it really flip was. was that? It was like a Rick what and Morty it, episode. <laughs> it was. But what was it? Like, explain it to me. I watched it and I don't know what it was. So, do you remember, like, when you was a kid back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, and they kept saying to you, you are what you eat? This feels like someone who grew up and never let go of that sentiment. Like, cause apparently <laughs> just... you, you eat something and then you turn into it. Like, there was a weird bit at the end of the trailer where I can't remember what he, he was like a lemon or something talking to you. And then he was just like, you become like your cinnamon rolls, your, your whatever strawberries. And then when you eat them, you take on a part of them. It's like Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. But with no <laughs> discernible powers. Like, what does a straw, what can a strawberry do? <laughs> And with some really bizarre accents, some truly, truly That's bizarre accents. That's why I accents. love it. That's why I loved it is that because it's definitely got that weird British sense of humor. It's from the people who made Octodad as well. I was going is, which means it's going to be the hardest thing to control of all time. No one talks about <laughs> yeah. that, have they? Octodad yeah. is awful. That's no, not. No, I love Octodad, but I mean to try and play it and not get wound up is almost impossible because it is just oh man. I mean, look, I I don't think again it's something that I'd ever gravitate towards. But I love that Sony have gone or whoever you know whoever's funded this. Yeah, we'll fund we'll fund that game. <laughs> it's just like... I, yeah, just to be in those meetings. Look, just stay with me here. You know when you eat a strawberry? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if you are the strawberry? You what? Yeah, and then what if at one point there's some kind of like baguette sandwich running around like a snake? Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> that sounds great. Let, let, let's go. Let's go all in on it. But again, I, I see. I I would say that I don't think it is a kid game. There was something off about that. There was a, it was an edge, a weird, <laughs> but there was, wasn't there? There's a weird atmosphere yeah. to it. I think it's yeah. going to be some kind of screwed up experience, and it's just it's very that, seedy. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, uh, oh, 
But look, fair play, fair play to throwing that in there. It's the last thing that I would have, uh, I would have thought to uh, anybody would have done. I mean, truly, 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 absolutely nuts. And I've got a little, something in here that I can't even remember. So I throw it out there in case you remember. Little Devil Inside. I don't remember seeing what? that. Apparently, what I'm looking at Devil Inside. I don't know. I'm, I'm looking up now. Apparently, there's a game called Little Devil Inside. This is the thing. Oh yeah, I'm watching it now. I must have missed this one. Maybe I went to the loo. It's. Um, I know. I think we did talk about this. Yeah, we did talk about it. This is it, it, it. I can't even explain it. I don't know what it is. <laughs> we mentioned it. We just move on. I mean, I, I, I read the tagline: "Little Devil Inside" is an action adventure RPG with survival elements set in an oh, atmospheric, yeah. semi-open world. Oh, so. But actually, now looking at it, I'm actually. I think it actually looks great. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So it reminds just, me of. Um, oh, there's a bunch of survival games that I play on the Switch where it's like, uh, like uh, "Don't Starve" and things like that. So we've got that sort of look to it. No, yeah, I, really I can good. dig this. Yeah, I can dig this. Yeah, I take it back. I, I, was, I was throwing shade. I was throwing shade way too early. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was Astro's Playroom as well, which, again, I don't remember actually actually seeing. Um, uh, yeah, this was the one that Astro had a very uh, not-safe-for-work introduction to PlayStation. What do you mean? What, what happened? Don't you remember? It was the one no. that introduced the... I think introduced the... What's the new PlayStation webcam? Is it not PlayStation 9 now? But it was the one that everyone was using to put porn on, like, Twitch or whatever. They were shooting their oh, own right. adult films and stuff. <laughs> it was a way to, like, circumvent. Because Astro Boy was floating around. They didn't... It, it passed the filters. Amazing. Amazing. What the internet could be used for so much good. And that's <laughs> what and that's what we decided to do. I don't. I must have been doing other things when I saw this. I'm watching it now. It's okay. Uh, this is, uh, you know, what the Astro Boy one. Yeah, the Astro's Playroom. Yeah, it's like, it's going to be mini games, right? Yeah, you'd imagine so. This kind of feels like they're, and this is such a huge jump. I don't mean it like this at all, but it sounds like, given how much focus there is on the controller, it sounds a bit like they're Wii Sports in yeah. the sense of look at all the cool crap we put in the controller that you can do on video games, which is fine. You need a game like that. It's a tech demo, but there's nothing wrong with it. I need to ask you something, but I don't even notice vibration whether it's on or off in a controller anymore until I check the settings. Like after yeah. I played the game, like, was it on or not? So the whole uh, haptic feedback in the the triggers and I can't remember what they call the, the vibration in the actual controller itself. But I don't, I don't see that as a big thing for me, and I'll probably turn it off to save battery. I think this is something that Sony is going, and Microsoft are going to have to fight back against, which is all this... You know, this uh, big talk and this hyperbole. Oh, you're not going to believe it. You're not going to believe it. You've now got to back that up. And when I play it, I need to be able to go, oh, wow, now I see what you mean. Because I'm exactly like you. I yeah. don't notice force feedback or rumble, whatever the hell you want to call it. So they better have come up with a way to make it more uh, integral to my gaming experience. Otherwise, yeah, like you say, it would just go off. Like 100%, I'll turn it off to save battery power. Mm. And they need to get third parties to do it as well, because it's that classic thing where yes. only Sony's games will make use of it in some way, and it needs to be more than just a uh, a token thing, which is why I'm more interested in their use of uh, 3D audio and how that evolves over the years compared yep. to the controller stuff. Totally, totally with you on that one. Um, dude, I know we've got to wrap up in a second, so just give me your overall take. You know, thumbs up, thumbs down, happy, not happy, sitting on the fence, not sitting on the fence. Kind of, how do you feel sort of 24 hours removed? See, I did enjoy it. I think the one thing is that the the things I enjoyed most from it, I realized, are either third party or also available on PS4. I am totally excited, obviously, for new consoles. I always get 
excited by shiny new tech. But I think, I think I kind of need to see some, I'll wait for a bit more in terms of what they show. And obviously we need a price. We need a release date, but there was nothing that they showed that I was like, ah, not a fan of that. Cause I always like cool stuff. Um, Resident Evil 8 is undoubtedly the, the thing that has got me excited to jump straight into it. That's like a day one for me. But again, that's not a Sony exclusive. Horizon looks cool. Um, there's always going to be sports and racing games to show the shine of a console. Um, but I think this is just like a nice appetizer before they do the next big thing that will give us all the details of the console. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. I thought it was a good showing. And there, there was no backlash like there was for the Xbox one a few... Um... A few weeks ago, which I also yeah. thought was—I didn't really care about that either. I should have done a—I should have done a podcast then, but I didn't think about it. But I enjoyed both. I enjoyed both. I thought it was—I'm quite excited. The only thing I'm worried about is the cost, because I don't know how much I'm going to be able to justify it at the moment, because there's nothing that really stands out to me that goes, "Oh my gosh!" Especially because I think both Microsoft and Sony will know they have to support the Xbox One and PS4 for longer mm. than they probably anticipated, given the you know coronavirus and everything like that. Um, but yeah, you know, I—I I think we're in a cool position. And I imagine in a few months' time we'll know about the prices, and then the the world will melt down, and then we yeah. can just take we can we can just take it from there. No, totally agree. And I, like you said, I think that the interesting thing is that, that how vocal both uh, publishers are when it comes to supporting the previous consoles. Like Xbox got that smart delivery system. I don't know if Sony spoke about a similar thing, but they are talking about backwards compatibility way more this generation than they have in any uh, prior one. I think it's because we've entered a world where you have to listen to your community. That, as mm. It was kind of different five, six years ago. I think the the both platform holders felt a little bit more arrogant, I dare to use the word. Yeah. And now they're like, no, man, it's all about getting people on side. Otherwise, they will they will crush us. And they will. They will. That's what people <laughs> will do. Uh, either way, yeah. So thumbs up all around, right? Thumbs up yeah. all around. Yeah, totally. Done. There we go. Uh, so that's the Week in Gaming for this week. Again, make sure you check out last week's. We are back. And we will be doing another episode next week. I'm kind of kind of keep them, you know, it's not going to be every Wednesday or every Thursday or anything like that because things are happening in games at the moment, which you can actually react to. And I'd much rather do that. But do make sure that you uh, check it out again. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. If you want to come on the podcast, I'd love to have you. Simon Miller 316 on Instagram and Twitter. And check out my YouTube channel. Just search for Simon Miller and give me a subscribe. Dude, do you want to pimp out anything? Anything you want to get out there? It's your choice. No, just remember, if you don't want to pay to be on this podcast, just be mates with Simon for like seven, eight years. <laughs> yeah, just play the long game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's all been down to this moment. That was the only reason why it was done. I know. Have, let that, it be groomsmen at your wedding. Then it will yeah. definitely let you on the podcast. And, and now that's it. It's the end of our relationship. So you, 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 <laughs> Just deleting it from all my contacts list now. Yeah, you've absolutely smashed it. Well, dude, you're being friends with you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's, thanks been very a, much. it's been a good run. Yeah, yeah. Thanks very much for coming on. And yeah, make sure you tune in to us again in around about one week's time.